0: Hello, everyone. We have Aviva Solson on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Aviva, I am just going to toss the mic at you, and I just want you to start wherever you would like with your story.
1: Well, thank you, Shelly. Hi, everyone. This is Aviva, and just as Shelly mentioned and expressed her excitement, i if I can be 10 times more excited, then I think that's happening right now. Um, Shelly, this has been in the making for the last couple of weeks, maybe even more, and I have been looking forward to being here, sharing these next few minutes with you and this beautiful community that you have built with so much love and tenderness and compassion. I am just beyond honored and beyond thrilled to come on here and have this platform to share a little bit about my story, my journey the ups, the downs, the moments of tears and sorrow, and every now and again, a glimpse of hope, you know, as journeys go, there's not one flat surface that you can walk on. So I am beyond honored. This is truly a privilege to be here and just talk about the various experiences that I had. Um, I know we'll talk about different things, but I know specifically we are here to talk about pregnancy loss and the impacts that can have. And um, I am also excited to share some of the insights, the things that I learned along the way. And hopefully you will learn, you as in our audience today, all these wonderful, beautiful women, I'm hoping that they will learn from Some of the mistakes I made so that they don't have to make these mistakes, because I always tell people, you know, there are plenty of mistakes we can all make. So let's try to make new ones. Let's not make mistakes that other people have already made. So I am going to be as vulnerable and transparent as I possibly can be so that everybody can learn from some of the things that. In hindsight, I can tell that they were mistakes, and um, hopefully you won't have to make them so that your journey as you rise up is hopefully easier than mine was. So that's why I'm here.
0: Well, I appreciate you feeling the pull to share. Like It's going to help so many women. Now, let's hear all the mistakes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to start at the mistakes, huh? No. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
0: I want to hear your full story and <laughs> learn from everything that you went through.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, and that's the beauty of our stories and our journeys because even though we may feel that there is so much in common and there are so many similar junctions and stations that our trains may stop at so to speak but at the same time every story is unique and our perspectives are our own and that is what makes the entire journey so uniquely our own so I know that there are a lot of things that you may find in common but there are also things that you may feel that hey my experience was a little different and that's why I love this concept of coming together and sharing. So I'll start, hmm, let's see, because there are so many ways I could start, but I think I want to start when it finally became a part of my life and my life experience. I will never forget that moment in time when I was in the ultrasound room. And as a lot of us already know, ultrasound rooms tend to be dark because we know we want to see the screen. So I am in this ultrasound room that is dark. I can smell that very strong smell of all the cleaning solutions and chemicals and everything around me because they're constantly disinfecting. So in that moment, all I can do and all I can muster the courage to do is look at myself in the mirror trying to be okay with this, waiting for the doctor to walk in. Because all I am replaying in my head is the last five minutes. And what had happened in those five minutes is I had walked into the ultrasound room, feeling so excited and so much joy and anticipation and love because I was walking in for my first scan and if anybody in the audience is not from the US because i know in some european countries it's a little different canada may do it a little differently too but in the US they ask you to come in when you are around 8 to 9 weeks pregnant so this is me just wrapping up my 8th week of pregnancy walking in and so excited to just let this appointment unfold and All I keep thinking about is when I was in that very same room, just a few years before that day, when I was pregnant with my daughter. Now, back to this moment in time, as I'm staring at myself in the mirror, I keep thinking about how everything went so differently with my first pregnancy. And here I am, a mother to a three-year-old daughter, back in that same ultrasound room, but things are not going the same way. Because almost instantaneously, after I jumped on that ultrasound bed, if you want to call it that, the technician said, okay, we're done. You can get dressed and I'll be right back. And I, here I am standing in front of the mirror, looking back upon how this appointment should be longer. The ultrasound should take longer. And it didn't. So that was the first moment in time when I felt that something could be wrong. And as I'm staring at myself, I am trying to keep it all together. And I'm trying to be okay with just waiting for a few more moments until I hear something. And those were the longest seconds of my life. I don't know how much time went by. I wasn't I should have maybe looked at my watch, but I didn't. But that just felt like the longest period of time ever. But eventually the waiting period was over. But that was only because I had to get to a new waiting period. The doctors came in, the ultrasound technician came back in. They asked me the same questions that I had already answered twice. I had answered it with the nurse who first walked me into the room. I answered it with the ultrasound technician. Questions about, so when was your last period? Were you checking for ovulation? Do you know when you ovulated? Questions that kept telling me that something isn't quite right, but they wouldn't just tell me what was going on. And that is when I heard the dreaded words that I know so many of us hate. And that is, I'm sorry, there is no heartbeat. So in that moment is when I finally realized that something was wrong and it took me off, like it was just completely bizarre. was numb but at the same time i had about a billion emotions and feelings and it was so weird to feel everything and nothing all at the same time and my husband was in the room with me i could not even look at him i don't know if he could look at me but i know that It must have been at least about 10 minutes, as odd as that sounds. Here we are in the same room having conversations with doctors and nurses and ultrasound technicians, but we were unable to look at each other because just a few moments ago, I walked in feeling the way I'm supposed to feel when I am walking into my ninth week of pregnancy. I still had all the symptoms. I still had everything that I should be feeling. And that's when the doctor she took the time to really explain what a missed miscarriage is. And to this day, I really hate the word miscarriage. I know that I've, you know medically it's just a terminology that they have to use to explain loss that happens during a certain number of weeks in the beginning, and then they call it pregnancy loss and so on and so forth. But I know I am not the only one who hates the word miscarriage because it implies that somebody missed something. And in this case, it's somebody did not carry the baby the right way. And that is when all these emotions of shock and anger and guilt and disbelief. And it was just so many different things coming at me. So for me, that is where the experience with pregnancy loss started and i spent the next few months just going through so many different things and i know that the doctors primarily at least the doctors that i was seeing at the time primarily focused on the physical healing and nobody prepared me and from all the women i've talked to i think this is a very common scenario but nobody prepared me for the emotional roller coaster and the impact on your relationships whether if it's that with your spouse or in my case it was also impacting the relationship that I have with my mom and i i had to also figure out how to continue to be present as a mother to my 3 year old daughter while also making room for grieving and being okay with not being okay like it was just it was a lot coming at me at once and um it was just I felt very lost I think is as simple as those words may sound that is the best way I can describe it I didn't know where to start I didn't know where to end And even though everybody told me not to feel guilty and that there is nothing I could have done differently, something that I learned way, way, way down the road, I didn't know this right away. Initially, it was just that my mind was automatically going to places trying to find a reason. And when I could not come up with the reason, I started to look into things that I did or maybe my lifestyle, wondering if there was anything that I did to cause this. And looking back, and here's my first nugget of wisdom for all of you. The way our brains are wired, we are always looking for answers. And we go asking ourselves questions, big and small questions, day in and day out. Questions from what should I eat today to what should I wear today to bigger questions like where is my career going to take me in the next five years or should I marry this guy or not? You know, we are constantly asking ourselves questions and the answers dictate our decisions and our actions. So when I was going through that period of time, unable to find answers, and my brain craved answers so much, in the lack of answers, it switched to blame because our brains feel and think that if we can blame somebody, even if that somebody is ourselves, that there will be some rationale. And where there's rationale, there's a greater hope for closure. So in hindsight now I understand why I kept trying to blame a specific day when I worked out really hard or that one day when I had coffee or that one day when you know I was I kept looking for things that I could point my fingers at or and when I couldn't specifically find anything that I could point my fingers at something that I did or I said as much as I hate to admit this, but I'll be honest, there were days when I was blaming my husband for things like, oh, he wasn't always as excited about this baby the way I was because he was stressed about work and and it, his thoughts have caused this or his words have caused this. Just, just so many different things that I was blaming him for, blaming myself for, and everything combined added to the strain that we already felt on our marriage. And our marriage went through some very difficult months. In the beginning, it was, it was challenging. And this is something that, although this is a topic that people don't talk about, but this is at least somewhat talked about. And that is how in the first couple of months, usually around two to three months, depending on what exactly your body is asking you to do in terms of healing and emotionally where you are. But usually it's the first couple of months where there is no room for intimacy, physical intimacy. And that's because you're just dealing and coping with a lot. So that was also happening to us in our relationship. But I very quickly found out that we were grieving very differently. And my husband was in a place where he was able to accept what had happened and move forward. I hate the words move on. So I'm very deliberate when I call it moving forward. But my husband was able to move forward and think about what can we do next. He was able to do that at a much faster pace than I was. And because we were grieving differently and we were moving through our journeys and our grief differently, we were also feeling this distance physically and mentally and emotionally in our relationship between the two of us. So there came a day where he was ready to bring back that intimacy, and I wasn't. I was so far. From having any desire to to touch to do anything, I, I just i I mean, I could barely get myself to hug him because even hugging him, I mean, even if there wasn't any intimate hugging, but just that support kind of a hug, even that at times was becoming difficult because it always reminded me of how we finally, when we got home from the doctor's appointment and we were able to hug and just cry, here we were months down the road. And every time I, I would try to hug him or he would try to hug me, all those memories would come back and I would find myself reliving those painful moments when we struggled to hug. And even when we did, we were just bawling. So Intimacy-wise, it was just a whole different story for me. And I wasn't ready to even remotely think about bringing that back into our marriage. But he was. So that, that difference in where he was versus where I was added a, another layer of, of a complex grieving process that was so different for me versus for him. But here's the interesting thing that happened. When I had to go back three months after the loss, the doctors gave us the physical okay to go back and conceive again if we wanted to and whenever we felt ready. But they said, hey, Aviva, physically, you're good to go. If you want to get back into it, you have our blessings, so to speak. So, Physically, we had the okay, and that is when our roles at home reversed. Now, I was the one who was ready to go, and I was practically on this mission to make a baby, and I just wanted to make it happen. And now, although my husband wanted a baby just as much as I did, but he wasn't ready to be intimate because he saw it as an insult. He saw it as, hold on a second, Aviva, these past three months, you didn't want me. You didn't want to touch me. You barely wanted to hug me. And now you want us to get busy in the bedroom just because you want this baby. So he saw it as me wanting the baby more than I want him. And that insult really, or to him, it was an insult. So it really added a lot of hurt and and he just felt very angry and at the time i could not understand it not one bit and we would fight and we would argue because i could not understand where we had lost that connection with each other as far as our eyes on a common goal a common dream so i kept asking him questions like well what do you mean I'm ovulating, we need to do this, and we need to do this now. And he was like, I don't care if you're ovulating, I want this too, but I want to do it the right way. And that strain in a relationship that was already going through a lot of stressful times was not healthy, and that's me putting it very, very lightly. So it was a lot of different things that I found myself coping with. There was the physical coping and adjusting and adapting. There is the emotional impact that I had to go through between feeling different things and not being able to make sense of anything. There is that mental impact as well because I was just in such a lost space that I was unable to really tap into everything that I had in terms of my skills, my intelligence, my intellectual being that I am, just different things that can make me me. It was impacting my work as well because I was just tired and constantly depressed and stressed. And so it was impacting every aspect of my life. And the spiritual impact really was something that surprised me because I never saw myself as a very religious person. And for me, it wasn't even about religion, really. It was more about the fact that I always believed in good things happening to good people. That is the one thing that has always been a part of me. It's always been a part of The way I was raised and the way I see the world. So, when I had to figure out what's happening and what this pregnancy loss means, and I, for whatever reason, wanted to assign a meaning to it, I spent long, difficult, just extremely challenging months assigning the meaning inaccurately. Now I can say that, but at the time, the meaning that I was assigning was if bad things happen to bad people and good things happen to good people this experience is certainly nowhere close to good i must have done something to deserve this and then my mind would just spiral and it was this vicious cycle that i could not get out of because i kept asking myself what did i do to deserve this and that guilt and The inability to find answers, everything combined was making a massive negative impact on what I believe to be the spiritual foundation of who I am. So with all of those difficulties, it took me a very long time to find myself in a place where I could even see any light at the end of the tunnel. But eventually, I'm so glad that I had a moment. I had many moments of breakthroughs, but it all started with this one moment where I had a moment of awakening because I was losing myself. Like I can't even find the right words to really describe how much I was losing myself and my identity. But I got to a place where I could not see how I could end this misery that I was experiencing. And I was contemplating things that I can't even speak of in terms of just finding a way out of my misery. And I remember it was this moment in time, and this is why mirrors, it's amazing how much they mean to me today. But somehow I always find myself in a moment of grounding myself, feeling some kind of a connection with some source of guidance. Different people call it different things. You may call it God. You may call it the universe guiding you. You may call it just your values and belief systems. At the end of the day, we all have moments where we feel guided and it was this moment in time when I was looking at myself in the mirror, because I had a meeting that I had to get to. And I got in this habit of always checking myself to make sure that my tears and and any signs of sadness or depression wouldn't show because unfortunately, That is the society that we live in, especially when it comes to going to work and you're trying to go about your day and interacting with people. So I was always finding myself in front of the mirror, checking myself, making sure that my mascara was still okay and it wasn't bleeding all over my cheeks. And so I found myself staring at myself and unable to even recognize myself because I felt that I was looking at an empty, hollow shell of me. But I wasn't me. I was so used to being fake during the daytime. And at night is when I was allowing myself to feel. So here I was looking at myself and being amazed at who I had become. And I wasn't happy with the person I had become. I wasn't me anymore. And that is when I had this moment of, telling myself, that's it. Enough is enough. I can't go on like this anymore. And who am I really? If this is who I am, even when I go home, and I'm constantly trying to fake being okay, what what kind of a role model am I to my daughter and to my future kids? I have to be authentic. Yeah, I have to make sure that I'm still being a good parent to my three-year-old daughter, I'm not going to go and cry and just share all my emotional burdens with her. But to constantly fake being somebody that I wasn't, I realized that I was indirectly giving her permission to be fake and not be authentic and not walk in the power of who she truly was and that is the moment when I decided that I had to become an active participant in my healing, in seeking wellness and in bouncing back that I could no longer wait for time to do its thing. Yes, time is a very powerful tool, but time alone cannot heal us. Time can only heal those that are willing to learn from the experiences, to actually look into those insights and work on using that to turn those painful experiences into life wisdom. And that is where my journey back up started. And from that moment on, I obsessed over finding ways to get myself in a better place. And it wasn't always a journey that was easy. It wasn't always easy to put one foot in front of the other. There were plenty of days where I felt like I was taking a step back, that I was taking a step sideways. But at the end of the day, I kept building on that momentum. One step, one tiny action, one tiny thought at a time and i just dove into books and podcasts and blog posts and trying to find webinars and events and different things that would give me resources and tools and tactics and strategies in order to help myself feel better and even though this was just a couple of years ago i'm amazed at how many more resources have become available now but Two years ago, it was definitely not the scenario that we have today. I mean, today here we have Shelly who has this podcast and more and more people are tuning in and finding inspiration and hope. And I I could not find these platforms a couple of years ago. They, they were there, but they were definitely not the way we can experience it today. So Even though a lot of the resources I found myself digging into were not directly related to pregnancy losses, but I kept digging into them and then thinking about, is there anything in this that I can apply to my life? Is there something in here that I can use to propel myself to take that next step? And that is where my journey with coaching and mentoring myself really began I I started to take a lot of those resources apply them and figure out what's helping and what isn't and whatever helped I did more of that and what did not help I threw it out the window and having gone through that I found myself in a place where I was becoming the upbeat optimistic happy Aviva again and um I felt that emotionally, I was ready and excited and eager to conceive again. It wasn't just that I was trying to fill a void. This time, I genuinely was in that happy place. And a mother who was ready to welcome a baby with that right approach and the right mindset. And I think that is genuinely what helped us conceive again, because it took us way longer than I would have ever imagined to conceive between the first pregnancy loss and the second. So yes, this is me giving you a clue that there was a second pregnancy loss, but it took us much, much, much longer to conceive this time because for the longest time, I wasn't the mother that I wanted to be because I had to do some inner work and I had to work on Making sure that my reasons were the right ones and that I wasn't doing it to help myself feel better, that I wasn't putting the responsibility of rediscovering my happiness and my wellness on my future child because that is my job. It's my job to feel whole and complete and to feel happy. It would be completely unfair for me to put that responsibility on. A baby to fill any gaps that I find in my life and once I found that I was whole and complete within myself and I was at peace with where I was I conceived so quickly after that in fact I wasn't even expecting to conceive that quickly and it in a way it caught me by surprise and it was such a wonderful surprise and I found myself looking forward to every day and every moment of bonding with my baby. And I was so fortunate to get to that first ultrasound and see and hear that strong heartbeat, and to get to that next ultrasound, which was at the 10 week mark. And that is when you can also see the initial formation of a human body. And to this day, I remember that face and those arms and those early budding legs i mean it's not even a full-blown arms and legs but you can see that early formation of what is going to be a baby's body and I, i i can just close my eyes right now and i can see it with so much clarity as though it happened a moment ago and the 10 week appointment went great and with each passing day, I could see myself planning and preparing more and looking forward to welcoming my baby into my arms and bringing, I don't know if it was a him or a her, but I have a feeling it was a him. So I keep referring to my baby in, in that way. And um, I I kept looking forward to that day. However, unfortunately, we got to our 12-week appointment and um, we heard those same dreaded words again, which was, I'm sorry, there is no heartbeat. I, (laughs) I cannot cannot tell you there are no words in any dictionary sorry Merriam-Webster dictionary there are no words in any language that can truly describe what anyone goes through when you hear that but to go through it a second time I mean I here I was I did not have answers for why it happened the first time and I made peace with it after a lot of ups and downs and I finally found that authentic zest for life not the one that I was faking in the first few months and it was happening again I mean how do you explain that how do you even wrap your head around an experience like that so I found myself right away in a moment's notice i i was slipping back into where i was all those months ago but the only thing that i had going for me this time and it was a huge advantage that i had this time around was i had all the tools and resources and the Strategies and tactics, all those things that had helped me so much, and they had helped me in bouncing back and and rediscovering myself that I was quick to apply all of those tools and resources the second time around. And I was able to catch myself. I mean, yes, I, I still went through some very difficult moments and if it's even remotely possible to love one child more than another, because I know it's not, but because this time around, I was further along in my pregnancy and I saw that strong heartbeat twice. And I saw that human body at that 10 week appointment. I mean, in so many ways, this was so much more real So, in a way, one would expect this loss to be a more challenging one to cope with. And in some ways, it was. But in some ways, it was easier, not because I love this child any less, not because this wasn't painful, but only because I was able to coach myself the first time around. So, this time, I had the wisdom. And I had already collected so much that helped me that I was able to apply that right away without waiting to lose myself first and then having to rediscover myself. And that, in a nutshell, is the person that I am today. Because when I went through the first miscarriage or pregnancy loss, doctors call it miscarriage, I call it the pregnancy loss, I searched, and I looked, and I went everywhere, online and offline, trying to find somebody who could coach me, somebody who could mentor me, somebody who could guide me, and I did not find anyone, and that's how I had to coach myself through it, and that is something that I know would have meant so much to me. It would have brought so much value to me, and I wish I could go back in time to coach myself, and I would have saved myself months of torture. I would have saved myself months of fighting and arguing with my husband. I would have saved myself months of me considering divorce and him considering divorce because things just got so ugly to the point where we felt that maybe there is no way out of this. So I wish I could go back in time, but I can't. But what I can do is I can find somebody who is where I was just two years ago. And that is how my mission was born. I, today, am on a mission to help grieving mothers heal, to help them avoid the mistakes that I made, to help them bounce back quicker, faster, get to that place of feeling Whole and complete within themselves, and prepare their bodies and their minds and their spiritual and mental beings that they are so that they can set the right foundation for their next pregnancy. I spent months fumbling and finding pitfalls and accidentally finding springboards and then intentionally finding springboards. And I derive so much joy and passion from helping people who are just a couple of steps behind me so to speak in this journey because I didn't have the advantage of somebody showing me the pitfalls that I could avoid and showing me the springboards so that I could leap forward and that is in a nutshell I what what i am and who i am today i am a mother i am a wife i am a coach a mentor a speaker and uplifter a giver and receiver of hugs and kisses and positivity somebody who is in a love and hate relationship with coffee you know like i am so many different things and That is who I have become today because of the journey that I have been on. Our journeys are never ending. We are always evolving. We're always growing. And that is true for every single person out there. And that is true for me. But the person I am today, the courage that I have come to experience the things that I do today, leaving a corporate job that was very successful in very many ways and things that I was doing for over a decade and to make that complete switch to what I do today and to immersing myself in this mission of helping women is a complete opposite in so many ways to what I was used to. but. The courage with which I went about it on day one and I continue to go about it, all of this is a legacy of all of my babies. The daughter that I hold in my arms and the babies that I hold in my heart have been and will always be my greatest teachers. And all that I do, all that I am, is a legacy of the experience that I've had. So here I am looking back with no regrets, with nothing and nobody to blame, because I would not be the person that I am today if it wasn't for everything that I experienced, the good, the bad, the ugly.
0: Aviva, yes, (laughs) that was so good. Okay. You had like a thousand nuggets of advice in there, but I always ask at the end of every episode, like the Holy grail, like one piece of advice that you would have for somebody else in a similar situation. What would it be?
1: Before I share my advice, I have to tell you where this advice comes from because I'm sure every single one of you has somebody who has shared this words, these specific words of wisdom, this nugget, And when you identify who that person is, it'll mean that much more to you. In my case, it was my dad. I used to always find him, ever since I was a kid, he used to always say, I wish I could go back in time. I wish I could be 28 again, because I would love to do things all over again, and I would do them differently. Growing up, I never understood why he said that. And I remember it was years later as a teenager. I never actually took his words seriously, but it was years later. I was married and I, now that, you know, I was starting my own family and I was doing my own thing. I, of course, wasn't living with my parents anymore, so I didn't get to spend as much time with him. So I remember we were having a little coffee chat this one time that they came over to visit us and he said the same thing oh aviva i wish i could go back in time and and you guys i am encouraging you please find somebody that i know has said this the same thing to you he said aviva i wish i could go back in time and i would i would manage my team differently and i would do this differently and that differently and i asked him i said dad if you could go back and have he he was a tea drinker not coffee like i i love coffee but He loves tea. So I said, dad, if you could have a cup of tea with a younger version of you, here you are, current day and age, and you have the younger you, what would you tell him? And he said, "Viva, I would tell him to find somebody who's just a few steps ahead and learn from them because time is precious. And we are always focusing on things that we feel are important. But it's only when you look back, you realize that your true resource was time. And there's no way to condense time except learning from somebody who has been where you are and they can help you by condensing time for you because they're sharing all that they already know so that you don't have to walk in those same, same steps of making those same mistakes. That one insight has always kept me moving forward. And that one insight has helped me through many challenging times in life. But more specifically, every time I found myself wondering, how do I get unstuck from this moment of pain when I think about how i've lost my babies or if i think about sometimes there are moments when i think oh my gosh it's 2 years i would have been planning my my child's second birthday by now you know so those thoughts do come back every now and again it's definitely not as common as it used to be but i'll be honest i'm human so i do every now and again have those moments and that is when i go back to that insight So if I could leave everybody with just one takeaway, if you learn nothing else from my story, please keep this one thing in mind. And that is who can you learn from? Who can you look up to somebody who has been where you are and who can help you get out of this funk, if you want to call it that, because yeah, you can figure it out on your own and eventually you will. You absolutely will. I know that you are strong and you're resilient and you are a beacon of light and you're, you have so much courage. So can you figure it out on your own? Absolutely. But if you could figure it out faster, if you could get back to that happy, joyous, whole complete version of you quicker and faster so that you could take the steps you need to take towards your life vision. Would you not want to do that? So if there's nothing else you remember after this podcast episode, please just remember that there is always somebody who has been where you are now. Learn from them. Don't be shy. Do not grieve in silence. Do not isolate yourself. There are people who are more than willing and more than ready to help you, to talk to you, to just have a heart-to-heart virtual cup of coffee with you. Please reach out. Find that person who is just a couple of steps ahead of you in this journey, and they can guide you. You will thank Yourself to just do it and don't be shy.
0: Oh my gosh, that was so good. That was an awesome piece of advice. So, not only will you thank yourself, but you'll thank Aviva and thank Aviva's <laughs> <Dad. laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, seriously, now, Aviva, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so?
1: The best way to reach out to me, if if you just want to find more inspiration, you want to find more details about my story because I've tried to condense everything in the last hour or so. But if you just want to talk, you want to holler at me, the best way to do that is to go to my website, which is avivasolson.com. So that's A-V-I-V-A-S-O-L-S-O-N.com. And um, that's where you will not only find a lot about me, but if you just want to have a little chat, maybe there's something on your mind that you are trying to get it off your chest. Maybe you have a question. Anything at all, like I said, please do not be shy. Do not hesitate. This is not the time to hesitate because I know that as women, we are all givers. We are always wanting to give and help and make. Our families and our societies a better place we are uplifters so we tend to have this little inner voice that says how can I ask for help how can I reach out with the question because I am asking somebody to give me something whether if it's their time their advice so I know a lot of women tend to struggle with that because by nature we are givers, but you cannot give until you have something. An empty cup cannot fill. You cannot pour into somebody else's life unless you are filling and overflowing beyond where your brim can take you. So this is the time to be selfish, yes, I am encouraging you, I am inviting you to be selfish, because when you are in a place where you have rediscovered who you are, you are going to be that natural giver that you are, and you are going to set the foundation, not only for yourself, but your family, and this is why I love what I do, and Every person that I work with, every person that I talk to, I realize the impact of my work because it is so generational because with every person, every conversation, not only do I have the privilege of helping a woman who is where I used to be, but I am helping her kids, whether she already has kids or the kids that she's planning on having, So my work is generational, and that is why I urge you, I encourage you, I invite you to be selfish. Please be selfish. So, yeah, if you go to avivasolson.com, that is where you will find a lot of information about me. You will have a way of getting in touch with me. And, Shelley, I, I want to do something special for your audience, and I want to give them a free gift if that's okay with you.
0: Oh my gosh, yes.
1: <laughs> Thank you. So I, I I just have to do this because I feel like I want to do more and I want to make as much of an impact as I can and I want to deliver value. So for everybody who is listening, if you go to my website, I'll, I'll make sure that I upload this right away. But if you go to and when you go to avivasolston.com, you will find a quiz. It's going to be a quick 5 minutes or less quiz and the quiz is going to give you a lot of clarity on where you are in your healing journey in your journey towards wellness the quiz will walk you through how you are doing in terms of bouncing back for your health or bouncing back from the perspective of your relationships bouncing back from the perspective of your Confidence and the clarity that you have in your life vision. So I am specifically designing this quiz to cover different components of the wholesome life that I know you desire and you deserve. So the quiz is going to give you clarity on specifically where you are, so that you know where you can be, where you want to be, And have your clarity that you need and you desire on your next steps. Because everything starts with clarity. Everything starts with having that honest conversation with yourself. The one person you have to be honest with is yourself. Honesty with everybody else is second, third, fourth in line. It has to start with honesty with yourself. And that is what my gift to you is designed to do. It's designed to... Help answer questions that you may have. You may be wondering where you are. You may be wondering, what should my next step be? And the clarity that you will gain from this free gift, this quiz, will help you map out your next steps.
0: Awesome, okay, I'm gonna link your website in the description of this episode so that it's just nice and easy for people to find it and go take the quiz as well.
1: Perfect, perfect, thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Aviva, for doing this. And I just think everything you're doing, your work is amazing and I'm just so proud of you.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Shelley, and I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that we came together, this collaboration with our common mission and purpose is absolutely beautiful. And it's work that is much needed.
0: I totally agree. You'll have to keep us posted moving forward. And yeah, just thank you for feeling the pull to do this.
1: Thank you, thank you so much.
0: We'll chat soon.
1: Thank you, bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest, so that we can personally Thank you. This is a lamp fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.